0: Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church podcast. Like so many other churches and houses of worship across the world, we've decided to take our weekly service online to comply with various social distancing efforts and stay-at-home orders in light of the recent coronavirus pandemic. Our stream goes live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Be sure to check it out on our website at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. We'd love to have you join us online. Enjoy this message. Hey, CBC family! Uh, I, uh, I'm excited to announce to you today that we are going to be resuming meeting together corporately in the same room at the same time in the same place for worship, and that is going to happen next Sunday, August 30th. Um, and it, we're going to be we're going to meet for worship at 10 a.m. Uh, we've been doing streaming online at 10, but when we were here live, we were at 9. But our friends at Christ the King are not going to start right away. They don't have a start date as of yet. So they've said that we can meet at 10 until they resume. So at some point down the road, we'll have to go back to 9 o'clock. But starting next Sunday, the 30th, we will be meeting here in our normal space every Sunday for worship at 10 o'clock we're going to be follow- it's going to look a little different. There are some things in pl- be that will be in place that I want to talk to you about. Uh but before I do that, I just want to take a quick second and say thank you. Uh first and foremost to Stephen Brown uh... steve has been here every week records goes home edits he makes me look good he makes me sound good and so uh... a lot of hard work on his part thank you steven thanks to tucker for for administration organization lining things up coordinating things just making sure stuff gets done and then last but not least thanks to brogan who posts all of our messages online every week so that people can hear that so just thanks so much to those guys now as i said things are going to look a little different for us when we gather back together so I want to uh, just go over that with you real quick you don't have to write this all down and remember everything I will send you a follow-up email tomorrow that includes all this information but I just wanted to touch base with you on it really quickly right now Uh, first of all uh, you, you know, we've, we're learning about this as, as we go. There's there's new understanding of the coronavirus. Uh, you know, every week or two weeks, and we've it's been determined that it doesn't live on surfaces very long. It's not transmitted through surfaces very easily. That said, we will still come in prior to service. Uh, we will clean and sanitize all the door handles, the doors, the hard surfaces. We'll spray all the chairs with Lysol. We want the room to be as clean and germ-free as possible. So we will do that prior to service each week to make sure that we, you know, we reduce and minimize our risk of any transmission as much as absolutely possible. Um, second of all, two things will happen when you first come in. One is there will be a sign-up sheet in the back. And we do, in in the event that something does happen down the road, we want to be able to know who was here on any given day. So there will be a a dated sheet. And we don't need every single individual, just one person from each family, uh, to sign in and register that you're here that week so we know who's in the building. Uh, Along with that, there will be a hand sanitizer station at the door. So there will be hand sanitizer here by the door, by the restroom, probably everywhere. And when you come in, we'll ask you to use that and use that as often as you'd like and we'll provide that, make it available for you. Uh, So the next thing is this. Everyone over the age of five will be required to wear a face mask or face covering of some kind. For kids under five, we're going to leave that to parents' discretion. If your kids are comfortable with a mask and you would rather they wear one, that's great. If not, the state guidelines don't require anybody under five to wear one. So we're just going with the state guidelines. Uh, Obviously, we we would prefer everybody to. But again, under five will be up to you. But everybody over five will be required to wear a face mask throughout the time that we're together. Uh, And I, and I I know that. uncomfortable and you know I wear mine all day long here when I'm at the pantry on Thursdays and I hate it but it's the way it is so that's what we'll do Um, the only exception the worship team uh, will not have masks on while they're leading worship for obvious reasons but we're going to space uh, the, the front row at least 12 feet away from the stage so there should be adequate distancing for that but everybody else will have a mask on and with that in regard to seating The chairs are going to be, and this is another thing, it's just so awkward and weird, but the chairs will be six feet apart. and you know it's like we're used to sitting together. If you come with your family, people who live in the same household. You're more than welcome to move chairs together and sit together. But by and large, we'll ask everybody to maintain that six-foot distance that uh, you know the CDC and others have kind of given us as a guideline. So you know the, the good thing is if you're like me and you don't sing very well, less chance of people hearing you sing. But other than that, it could be kind of lonely. Uh, but you'll but we'll be in the same room together. So there's that. Um, we're gonna follow the same format we've been following. Online uh, the last few weeks, that is that we will do a one-hour service. There will be no coffee break in the middle, Um, and this is the other thing. uh, And this is this is the saddest part to me, is that there will be no personal prayer time at the end. And we've got to look at that a little bit, figure out how to accommodate that. Uh, it's, it's such a part of who we are, uh, to be able to lay hands on and pray for each other, but at least initially, at least for the first few weeks until we can figure out how to accommodate that, uh, no ministry time at the end. It'll just be, uh, you know, worship announcements message. And that's that. Um, in addition, there will be no children's ministry. So no preschool, uh, no, no elementary, uh, no nursery, um, Any kids that are here, and they're all welcome to come, that's again up to parents, will be in the service with their families. Uh, And and again, uh, we we have limited use of the building. I'll go over that in a minute. Uh, But looking at the kids' classroom and you've been in there and all the stuff, there's so much stuff. It's just going to be... too much of a task to try to keep everything clean so again we don't know how long this will last might be through the end of the year we'll we'll keep you updated but initially no kids ministry everybody in the same room along with that no coffee or snacks um, we're not trying to decaffeinate anyone Uh, so there will be no community coffee here you are more than welcome if you want to bring coffee from home go to Starbucks bring that with you you can have coffee you know in the room that's not what we're saying we just won't serve it here in any kind of community fashion and then the only, the only restroom that will be available to us will be the unisex restroom in the back of the sanctuary that we meet in, the room we meet in. Uh, the other restrooms, down, we have not been given access, clearance to use the whole building, uh, just this, this room. So those other restrooms that we use down the hallway will be closed off, so we'll have to make sure that everybody just uses this one. And again, we will make sure that that's cleaned thoroughly prior to service. Um, the rest of the building will be off limits, except the youth room will be available to use as a cry room. If, if, if one of your kids, if it was a baby crying or upset and a parent needs to go in there, that will be okay to use that room. But you'll have to stay with your child. We have been pretty loose in the past, to be honest, about kids just roaming around. And frankly, you know, as long as they're in the building and they're safe, it's, it's not that big a deal. But uh, at this point in time, we feel like it's just the best option to, to, to keep them together with, you know, keep an eye on them. So parents will be responsible to be with their kids the whole time. And then uh, last thing I want to say is this, that we will, we're we're working on it. There's some technical difficulties. Any of you who've ever tried to uh, get on your phone or something in this room, you're aware that the Wi-Fi in this room is horrid. So that said, we're working to boost the Wi-Fi over the next week or so, try to get that up to speed so that we can continue. Our goal is to continue to stream service every week for anyone who makes a decision not to be here. And I just want to say, pastorally that we completely respect and honor that decision. If you feel like it's just... You're concerned at any level whatsoever. You want to stay home for another season. God bless you. No, no judgment on our part at all, none whatsoever. Uh, and we will do our very, very best to make sure that the service is streamed so that you can still participate. I would say this: just worst case scenario is that it won't be live at 10. It might come on a little later. But uh, Stephen tells me he can do it live, so I'm going to trust him. He knows more than I do. But that's that's where we're at. So thank you so much, guys. It's been a long road, and I really, really just appreciate everybody hanging in with us, and so, so look forward to seeing you guys, even with masks on. Uh, it's just going to be great to worship together. I, I, I tell you, I, I, uh, I think I've said this before in the last few weeks, but I, I had no idea how much uh, I need corporate worship. Uh, I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I am so thankful for our worship team and what they do every week, but it's just not the same sitting on my couch uh, singing by myself or with Donna. It's just not. So I love being with you guys and I'm looking forward to that real soon. So uh, jumping into today's message, we've been talking about hope over the past several weeks um, and hope in the context of our current situation. Um We've looked at the prophetic words that were given to Israel by uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah. Isaiah, uh, prior to the exile, prophesying that trouble was coming. Jeremiah, word of hope, during exile to the the Israelites. Um, And we've compared the exile to our current situation, uh, which there there are some parallels. Uh, It's a little bit of a weird comparison in this regard. And that is that we're home. We're home. They were they were removed from home. But the truth is this. We're, we're still displaced. Things are not normal. And, in fact, you know, there, there's nothing normal about this. Can we just say that? There's nothing normal about this. Everything is weird, okay? Everything is weird. Um, but anyway, today I want to continue... On the theme of hope, looking at hope again, and, and uh, I want to talk today, the title of our message is, is Coming Home. I want to talk about coming home, and, and kind of thinking about coming back together again, but really m- more about uh, what home really means, where, where home Really is. Uh, today is going to be uh, sort of topical, so uh, we're going to look at a few different scriptures. am going to use the book of Daniel as kind of a backdrop, uh, we're, but we're going to look at several scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament. But, but I want to begin this morning in psalm 126 so why don't you just uh pray with me real quick and then we will look at the first three verses of psalm 126. jesus thanks so much for your goodness and your grace and for uh, sustaining us through this challenging time i thank you so much that uh, everybody's healthy and and doing well and pray that you would uh, just continue that as we gather together uh, cause your grace uh, your goodness to be upon us Uh, Uh, And and bless your people as as we come together. Bless your people as they gather in churches uh, everywhere today and and in the weeks ahead. your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 126, uh, verse 1. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. That, uh, that psalm, that, that passage in particular, was written about returning from exile, about going home. The exile is, in many ways, one of the most important stories in the Bible and in Israel's history because it impacts so much of what happens after it. Uh, it really impacts everything, as we're gonna kinda see today a little bit. Um, and, and here's the thing, so, we, we've we been uh, in, in lockdown, in quarantine now for, I, I think this is the 23rd week, uh, I, I'm not 100% sure, I tried to count, I'm not that good at math, but I think it's 23 weeks. Um, it's not 70 years. Israel was in exile for 70 years, But I will say, again, we still feel kind of displaced. I don't know about you, I'm a little off kilter. Things seem weird to me. Um, The the Babylonian exile happened in the 6th century B.C., uh, but there were other exile stories in Scripture even before that, really from the very beginning. Um, You know, in the Garden of Eden, in, in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve are banished from the Garden. They're sent away, and... God puts a cherubim with a flaming sword at the east gate of Eden to guard it from them so they can't come back in. And they were sent into exile. Uh, Jacob, it was driven by famine to Egypt. And his people weren't allowed to return and go home for almost 400 years. So in a very real sense, I think the Bible is a story about how we find our way back home. How how do we get home from here? A thousand years before Jesus, David takes the throne of Israel. He's there for a period of time and then he moves the capital uh, to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of peace. Forty years later, his son Solomon builds the temple that David wasn't able to finish. And it's there when Solomon builds the temple. It's the first time that Jerusalem is called Zion. Zion is the city of God. And for the next 400 years, the people of Israel worshipped the Lord in the temple there in Jerusalem. But then Babylon comes into power. Babylon is led by a bad dude. Nebuchadnezzar was a bad, bad man. And uh, he, he was interested in building his empire. And he was taking country after country and conquering countries one after another and expanding the Babylonian Empire and over a period of time he moves his way west a thousand miles he gets to Jerusalem and Israel is no match they can't stop the mighty Babylonian army so Nebuchadnezzar annexes Israel and deports the people from Israel into exile in Babylon among those people that were sent away was a young man named Daniel along with his friends uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And those are their Babylonian names. I can never remember the Hebrew names, but they had real names, but those are their other names. But uh, they ended up in Babylon. They were smart guys. They worked hard. Uh, they, they worked their way up in the king's court and eventually were serving in the court of the king um, in Babylon. So in 580, uh, Nebuchadnezzar attacks Jerusalem. 587, he burns the temple. And takes the survivors into exile in Babylon. So now the holy city is gone. Place of worship has been burned. And their, their homeland is uh, several months' walk away. Uh, the people of Israel are now foreigners and immigrants. And in a very real sense, I think, people of God have always been immigrants. We've always been people without a home. This, this world is not our home. So in that regard, we're all in a place that's not our home right now. Uh, I remember uh, in the 1970s, uh, there was a a reggae song uh, that I remember hearing on the radio, and I looked it up the other day. I, I thought it was by Jimmy Cliff, but it wasn't. It's by some other band that I actually never heard of, or at least didn't remember hearing of. But it's called The Rivers of Babylon, and uh, the, the lyrics are this, it says, By the rivers of Babylon he sat down and there he wept when he remembered Zion. The wicked carried us away in captivity and they required from us a song. How can we sing King Alpha's song in a strange land? The wicked carried us away in captivity and they required from us a song. How can we sing King Alpha's song in a strange land? Sing it out loud. Sing a song of freedom, brother. Sing a song freedom sister Uh, living in Babylon people of God they're surrounded by temples to false gods and yet that's where they are and they made the best of it they did what they could and it was really during that time if you remember a few weeks ago that that's when Jeremiah prophesied and he said look you've got to live your life build homes get married have kids live here and that's what they did and those there were children born in captivity and then they grew up and they heard stories their parents told them stories about their homeland and it was a home they'd never been to and they asked is it real I don't know if you ever thought that way we read about Eternity in the kingdom of God and be with him. Is it real? They wanted to go home, and there was a few possibilities. There was different approaches. How how can we get from here to there? One was to fight, Um, throw a revolution. They tried that before. Babylon was too strong, and probably wouldn't work. Another option was to give up, to assimilate, to basically become Babylonians. And honestly, I think that's what many people did. And I think there's maybe another message for another day, but there's a sub-lesson for us in that, is, is not to take on the ways of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came up with a third alternative, and it's... I'm going to look at that today as sort of a template, a, a maybe a pattern. How to get home? How do we get home from here? How do we return from exile? You see, they. They did what they were supposed to do. They served the king. They followed the rules. They obeyed the orders. They did what they were supposed to do. But at the same time, they didn't become Babylonians. They never gave up their identity, their values, their worship as Israelites. They, they stayed true to who they are. Nebuchadnezzar plays the national anthem, and he says, Everybody bow to my statue, and they take a knee. We're not going to bow to your statue. Nebuchadnezzar is furious and he says, heat up the ovens. Heat up the ovens seven times hotter. And and you know the story. He throws them in and then what does he see? Walking around in the fiery furnace. Not three, but four. Years go on and eventually there's a a regime change. And now the king says, look, for the next 30 days, no one prays to anybody but me. Daniel's an an old man now. He's got nothing left to lose. He opens the curtains and throws open the window, and he stands there in front of everybody and prays to the God of heaven. Seventy years of captivity. the king relents he, he has a change of heart and he says you can go home you can go home and, and this is this is what Isaiah prophesied in chapter 62 Isaiah says pass through pass through the gates prepare the ways for the people build up build up the highway remove the stones raise a banner for the nations Isaiah is talking about that highway is the highway home said, so we're not in Babylon anymore we're going home but here's the thing they get back to Jerusalem, and it's not the same. The cities and ruins, the temples burned. The orchards and vineyards they planted are all dead. It's a mess. So slowly, slowly, they start to rebuild. They're home, but they're kind of still in exile. Nothing is the same. They can't hug or shake hands, and You have to stay six feet apart and wear these stupid masks. When's it going to end? Mark chapter 1. John was put in prison and Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Believe the good news. It's a thousand years after David, 500 years after Israel returns from exile. And Jesus says, now is the time. Now is the time. Time for what? The time for the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is an alternate society where the people of God live under his power and his grace and in his goodness and and not under, under the thumb of Babylon. And really, here's the thing. It's only then that you really begin to feel like you're home. Because uh, you're no longer displaced. Home is not so much a physical location as it is a spiritual reality. It's your heart being in the place of peace with God. You you ever ever know? so many of Jesus' parables are about going home? There's a banquet, there's a party, there's a homecoming, the son comes home. They're they're about being home. And that's what Jesus came to do, show us how to get home. Peter, in his first letter, it's interesting, he addresses it to the exiles. He's recalling that time long ago. And he... He says in the course of the letter, uh, a super weird and interesting thing. He says, she who is in Babylon greets you. Well, Babylon didn't exist anymore. There was nobody in Babylon. But what Peter was saying is that Babylon isn't a place. It's a spirit. It's an empire. It's a power. It's a distraction from living where God has you to be. It represents domination, it represents greed, it represents violence. It represents everything that the kingdom of God is not. Rome is the new Babylon, and there's a Babylon after that, and after that, and after that. And maybe you're under the weight of that, and you feel as though uh, you live in Babylon. But here's the truth today, and I'll just close with this spiritually. Our home is in Jesus. Our home is in Jesus. Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not have told you? I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So come on. God bless you guys. Have a great day. See you soon. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you all online next week.